What up, paintball fam? My name is Carl Markowski, and you are listening to The Playing On Podcast. Thank you for joining me. We are proudly brought to you by Planet Eclipse, the makers of the LVR, which I shoot on Chicago Aftershock. That thing is sweet. We also are shooting the CS Pros, which are the new Fran- Francy. <laughs> Fancy uh, CS1 or CS ours really but um but they're only made for the pro teams and you have new fancy milling and, and graphics and everything those things are hotcakes uh but i shoot the lvr not because i'm i'm special and i like to shoot those little things but it is it's a special little niche uh market but i love the things i i love egos and the lvr is the epitome of an ego so Thank you to Planet Eclipse for sponsoring this podcast. Also brought to you by Midwest Clothing, where you can get all kinds of custom gear for your team, such as uh, pants. They have some sweet tiger stripe pants over there. They have a a jersey deal going on, along with a headgear deal, uh, where you can get all kinds of custom graphics. They can even do it for you for a very, very cheap price. Uh, If you head over to MidwestClothingLLC.com, you can find all of that cool information over there. And if you type in capital T-P-O-P at checkout, that is where you can get a sweet 20% discount. So thank you to Midwest Clothing for sponsoring this podcast. We are also sponsored by Vantrition, where they uh, you can go over there and find at Vantrition.com, you can find all kinds of paintball supplements such as the preload, the paintball preload, the paintball reload, um, which is a like a like a pregame uh, kind of get your jets going little supplement as well as the recovery recovery formula which you uh, take after the after the match after the games whatnot and it kind of you know mends everything I'm actually taking a uh, a tendon recovery formula from them that they're in the in the works of uh, of producing now they give it to a lot of the uh, a lot of the pitchers for their arms but I'm I'm using it for my knee but uh, it's been working great. I love it. You can find it all at vantrition.com. And if you type in capital T-P-O-P at checkout, you will get a nice 15% discount. So thank you, Vantrition, for sponsoring. Uh, also brought to you by Carbon Paintball, Chicago Aftershock, the awesome pro team that I play for. We are sponsored by Carbon, and uh, we wear their base layer, which means they're, they're, under, um, they're under protective layer which is like a compression fit uh, shirt and pant, but it also has padding built in in different spots. Like the, uh, the, the under shirt has padding for your elbow pads, and the under pant, which is what I wear, has uh, knee pads built in as well, as well as like hip slide pads and a little bit of shin protection and whatnot. But I've never really been a big fan of them. Um, I am now ever since wearing those. The knees stay in place. It, it's nice and it's nice and tight, but it's not too constrictive. Um, I love those things. I cannot, you know, I can't say, you know, enough good things about the about those pants. Those are awesome. You can find it all at CarbonPaintball.com, and if you type in capital T P O P, you can get fifteen percent off of your entire order. So make sure you go over there and check out all their awesome gear. We are also brought to you by RazaLife.com. They have a plethora of things for you to go over there and check out. The big thing is, is they can make all kinds of crazy, awesome, off-the-wall uh, graphics for you, whether you're a gamer, whether you are, um, you know, a paintball player, a softball player, anything, anywhere you need, like, custom jerseys, they can do it for you. So make sure you head over to rosalife.com, and at checkout, type in capital T-P-O-P, 
just like that, capital T-P-O-P, and you can get 19% off your entire order. So make sure to head over there and check out all the goodies. So thank you to all of our sponsors. Now for my podcast with Alex Goldman, the speedy speedster from Impact, Edmonton Impact. Those guys uh, are having a great year again, uh, even though, they, I mean, they got second in Vegas, but they were plowing through people in uh, in prelims and, and quarters and semis and all that good stuff. But Alex has been uh, a threat to everyone, no matter who he plays. Um, you know, I didn't really know his story growing up. Uh, when he played on San Diego Aftermath and his whole process of going pro, I didn't really know. And that's, it, was, it was very interesting to me, and I had a great conversation with him. And and you know, him and I talked here and there throughout the throughout the years. Really, uh, this is the longest conversation I've ever had with him was this podcast. But uh, but I think I got to know him a little bit more, and um, and I, I think he kind of opened up and and. I have a new understanding and a new respect for him, so so I'm really really glad I got to sit down uh, via computer camera. But uh, I'm I'm really glad I got to sit down and, and chat with him. So without further ado, thank you for uh, for tuning in, guys. Here is my podcast with Alex Goldman. We'll see you. Alex, what's yeah. up, man? What's going on? Not much. I uh, thank you for thank you for sitting down and talking to me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, having me on here. You got a good thing going. Thank you, thank you. You know, I yeah. I really want to take a lot of the players that are in the spotlight, not only talent wise, but just uh, that have been around the game for a while, and even eventually some of the young ones. But I want to kind of be able to tell your guys' story a little bit and and really kind of pick their uh, brain. And... Yeah, yeah, pick their brain. I, I feel like right. this. There's a lot of paintball content out there, but I feel like it's a lot of uh, team-oriented stuff where cameras follow the team, and you, you kind of get a little insight on some of the guys, but I feel like with something like this, really... yeah, we can really kind of dig deep and, and go into depth. Yeah, see where you came from, where you know what, uh, where paintball inspired you, all that good groovy shit. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> um, so where are you at right now? Are you in? Uh, you living in San Diego? So no, actually, so I was living at my mom's in Riverside, and I actually just moved to uh, Dana Point. It's in uh, Orange County, uh, right on the coast, uh, next to uh, Laguna Beach, oh, right nice. by the beach. Yeah, you can literally walk there from here. And uh, I'm living with Stephen Pitts. Yeah. Old teammate, still friend. So yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, no, it's been a good time. So I've been living here for about two months now. It's expensive, but you know, you pay for what you get. It's a nice location. Yeah, I think that's with the the California experience that I had. I think it's you definitely right. pay for what you get. Yeah. Now, um, you started you started playing paintball pretty young. What was the your your age when you first started playing paintball? Uh, fourteen, and uh, you know everybody has like a funny story. Mine was uh, so this kid I was friends with a, a kid in eighth grade, and he invited me to his birthday party, and he was going to SC Village. It's always it a birthday a party. Right. Someone, someone had a birthday party. Uh, at first, I told him, all right, yeah, let's do it. I want to go. He already had a group, whether I was going or not. And then uh, as you know, the weekend was getting closer, I was getting scared. Because you know, the first thing you hear is that it hurts. or Oh, super intimidating. Suddenly... Exactly. Yeah. So as the Saturday was coming around, I tried to find any excuse not to go. And uh, <laughs> you know, my dad had known about it. And he's like, look, you already told him you're going. You're going. 
I'm like, all right, fine. So I'm trying to figure out, all right, what's the best way to uh, eliminate the pain if I do end up getting shot? So I yeah. think I wore like two sweatshirts. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it must have been 80, 90 degrees out. And some jeans and I think sweatpants under. So <laughs> uh, we get to SC. We, you know, we had to use all the rental equipment. And uh, I still had fun. But you know how it is with like those tip. <laughs> you definitely know how those tipmen oh, yeah. are actually. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Just the crappy rental mask, but you know, regardless, I did have the time of my life. I don't think I shot anybody that whole day. I, I don't think I got close enough to even get close to shooting them. Yeah. But uh, somehow it's still some of the most fun I've ever had. And you know, of course, I've continued to play, and here I am now. But uh, yeah, I, I the funny thing is the kid his birthday uh, this kid named Zach and uh, I recently just got his number again I was gonna call him one of these days and kind of show and tell him where I'm at yeah Cause he he ended up you know not following paintball and it'd be interesting to tell him yeah it's kind of the same thing with with my story you know the guy or the the friend actually that I had that took me out he he no longer plays like it was him and his dad who played and he right. no longer plays and uh, it's, I hear a lot of people's stories like that. Like a lot of guys that have gone pro or gone far in the sport, the person right. that they usually started with, they like quit, fall off, go back to school, you know, whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. But then did you play sports before paintball? Yeah. So I played soccer. Soccer was always my sport before paintball. And, uh, I started at literally four years old and played all till high school about uh sophomore year. Yeah, And at that point, I was getting too competitive with paintball, and paintball kind of took over, and I, I just made the, the decision to uh, fully commit to paintball. But uh, my dream, at least with soccer, was to you know graduate high school, finish uh, playing varsity in soccer, and move to Europe and really? play soccer over there, just because the praise for a soccer player was a lot better, and just the it was more of a lifestyle for... Uh, anyone that wanted to follow that goal is be a soccer player. Yeah. It's I mean, the MLS is getting big now in America, right. but it's, it still is not as competitive as like English premier league or Spain and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't, at least right now you don't come off as a, as a soccer player or a soccer lover. <laughs> but, but I remember back then when you were, uh, what, 2003, four, all that good stuff. You were just a little skinny guy. Right, exactly, and that was another thing is that was one sport that I could physically play and keep up with the other you know people in the game. Of course, I wanted to try football, and maybe I should have tried baseball, but I was just too small. Right. You know, I would just yeah. I hit I hit puberty late, my growth spurt, and it all came later. But that was a big reason why I played soccer instead. Just I was able to keep up with the uh, competition. Yeah, yeah, I played soccer when I was younger, uh, but I think I wanted to try so many different things. So I tried soccer, I tried football, I tried right. baseball, I tried, yeah. uh, you know, tried skateboarding, did all this stuff. And I think it was football was fun, but I was on the smaller side for football. And, yeah. and baseball, I was right about that that height, weight, age, everything. Where uh, and I really right. enjoyed baseball. I, I, you know, looking back now, I'm like. Man, what would have been like? Because I had a I had a ride to uh, Tiffin University. It's just a smaller school here, but you know yeah. anybody can get noticed at you know any school as long as you're performing. And right. I always think about it. I'm like, man, 
you know, because you can only just go so far in paintball and make so much or, or, or make so much of an imprint in paintball. Um, but then you look at like baseball, football, that's, you know, all that shit. And it's like, you could, mm-hmm. the sky's the limit almost. Right. So it's, you know, and that's where it's weird because in, in our world, in our, in our paintball world, like people know who we are. Right. And, and we and we get that feeling of that we're we're appreciated and that we're noticed and that all this hard work that that we missed on the week or all, you know, all the family trips and all the all the friend get togethers. It's all worth something. But in the in right. the grand scheme of things, it's like it's paintball is such a small little minute thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't add up in the real life. And then if you meet someone and they ask you what your occupation is, a career, if you don't do anything aside from paintball and you tell them professional paintball, I. 90% of the time, their response is, oh, I've never heard of that. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that professionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. And then you have to explain the same story of how same you can do story. that. Same story. <laughs> I'm sure every yeah. pro has that. Right. Has it down, like, exactly how they tell it every single time. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, what's funny is when we were signing our uh, lease papers at the office for this apartment, Stephen was actually saying how impressed he was with the uh, – explaining paintball because i had to explain to them where i get my money and whatnot yeah uh to the apartment complex and he's like man i don't think i i've heard someone explain it better <laughs> i was like you explain it to enough people you exactly get good. you get enough practice <laughs> you get good at it right exactly <laughs> oh man now uh going going back to uh going back to paintball when you started getting into it started right. playing it more uh, yeah. when and around what age did it start becoming like really serious? And, and what was your first uh, like team that was actually like taking everything serious? So I think that's where it was real fortunate for me. You know, California, as they always said, was the Mecca for paintball just mm-hmm. because I think our weather and how many pro teams actually played at that one paintball park, SC village. So you had huge opportunities if you if you could find a way to have those players wa- the pro players watch you play a game mm-hmm. on the open turf field at SC Village and so when i went to high school it just so happened that i was friends with LJ Schwartz uh he had played for Legacy Ironman Dynasty yeah and uh he had already had a relationship with Hinman and you know they both knew each other and uh he knew that Hinman was starting this aftermath team and uh you know LJ knew I wasn't good yet at paintball but he knew I had potential and I was out at SC Village every weekend trying to get better so and Hinman was looking for a kid just like that mm-hmm. so uh one weekend I went out with LJ and uh Hinman was there with the new aftermath team there must have been five or six guys on that team and they had just uh, played a local tournament. It was like Cal Jam uh, the weekend before. Yeah. And uh, I, I went out there and I, I was starting to play decent paintball. Of course, like I, I, I had a lot to work on. I couldn't yeah. shoot left-handed, but for the time that I had put into paintball, I was getting pretty good quick. Yeah. So LJ had mentioned to Mike uh, before the day started about me, and I didn't even know this. And so I get ready, I'm loaded up, and I'm put. I'm playing with just a, a throw-together team against Aftermath, and we end up beating them a few games. And Hinman walks over to me, 
he's like, wow, look at Alex. He's, you know, he's playing good paintball today. And I, I look at him, you know, of course I know his first thing he's wearing his dynasty Jersey. Yeah. But, and, and there's no disrespect. I, or no, no, sorry. He was on shock at the time. And I, I, I knew that was a pro team, but I didn't know Mike, Right. you know, he was a more under the radar type player just because he was a back player and he's, no one really knew who he was unless you were on the pro scene. Right. So I'm like, wow, like, how does this guy know my name? And he's noticing that I'm, you know, playing good, decent paintball. So I was like, you know, starstruck. And then uh, I didn't think much of it. And I went back to my car to go load up my pods and, you know, do whatever. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he followed me over. I'm like, oh, man, what is he going to say? Because I'm 14 at this time and I'm like 5'4", 100 five pounds probably and, and you know he's, he's an intimidating guy whether you're a big or small person so he comes over and he's like hey i uh talked to lj and he said you're you know looking to jump on a team to uh play national tournaments mm-hmm. i was like yeah definitely he's like well we're gonna go do some one-on-ones right now on the hyperball field if you want to go jump on i'm like all right let's do it yeah and i was i was so nervous you know like <laughs> i i never practiced one-on-ones nothing but i was like I would do anything just to try to make the team. Oh yeah. So we go, we go down there. I pl- I'm practicing against the aftermath guys and I win all my one-on-one somehow. <laughs> I'm scared shitless. And he noticed right away. I was not putting my gun in my left hand to try to snap shoot or any of that. So he's telling me that I need to work on that, of course. And then he let me go run some games with them on the t- turf field again and uh he was kind of testing me he told me to go run the center 50 and he said like if there's a guy on the other side go bunker him and i'm pretty sure he told the other team to go there just to see if i was scared and wouldn't <laughs> yeah. go bunker the guy of course somebody calls it out i go around stick him i think i went through and you know bunkered another guy yeah probably the best game that i had had up until that point in my career or in paintball and uh right after that uh i go back to my car again to go either de-gear or load up and he has a jersey behind his back he's like so do you think you could commit there's going to be you know this amount of tournaments we practice all these weekends i'm like yeah definitely man i definitely want to do that throws the jersey at me it was literally the first thing i ever got for free in paintball was a blank aftermath jersey with no name but regardless it didn't matter what it was it just and i still have the jersey to this day and uh so uh, then uh, that, that was in the off season. So 2014 going into 2015. So my first national event was LA Open 2015 with Aftermath. It was so muddy. I think you were playing with Tip and Effect and you're in the same division with me, no? Was it 2015? 2005? Oh, sorry, sorry. 2005. <laughs> Okay, so we yeah. just started playing paintball. It's it's early. Yeah. <laughs> We're new. Wow, I totally botched this whole story. I was, I was waiting. I was You're like, gonna... wait. <laughs> so wait. So well, 2004. Okay, 2004. So 2004. Going into 2005. Sorry. And uh, yeah, LA Open 2005 PSP, and it 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 rained. So I think it was the most muddiest, rainiest tournament I've played to this day. Pomona, if you remember correctly. Yeah, Pomona, and, I think, uh, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I didn't play much, and honestly, I was on the verge of getting cut just because I had done so many stupid moves during that tournament, and I was scared of Mike and how he would yell oh, yeah. if you did anything wrong. And uh, I, I sat after our first match uh, the rest of the tournament, but uh, we ended up winning that event. And then, you know, slowly but surely after that, when we would practice every weekend, I mean, he literally – 
forced it out of me to play good paintball. He would shoot a hopper into me, anything. But like, so what I wanted to explain with Hinman is, yeah, he's the type of coach that is either going to make you or break you. And to be honest, he's broken way more players than he's helped made in paintball. But if, if you can learn to buy into a system, and I think what players have always had a problem with when they're playing for him is they're so focused on the tone that he presents and you know he's like he's an intimidating guy you're always worried if he's going to hit you or what he says to you and how he says it but if you can just listen to what he's trying to explain to you usually it's something that's you're going to learn from he usually has good feedback and criticism yeah so from i never got distracted with how he would yell at me or anybody else just because I had, the, I felt like that athlete mentality that you needed to be able to play for Hinman. You were learning the whole time. Exactly. So yeah. I feel like it was easy for me to excel under his camp. But for others, they were just so worried and scared about what he thought or was going to do if they continued to screw up. Yeah, I mean, he comes off as, and now, you know, now I, I see him and I talk to him every once in a while. And he's like yeah, you know, a big yeah. teddy bear. But, but back right. then as a coach you know i saw it the few times where i went down to when i went to california for uh, excessive for practices and, and even a couple times with avalanche with practices he's intimidating as hell but underneath <laughs> underneath that crust of an intimidating coach is constructive criticism you know and, right. and if you can it's just like what you did if you can if you can see through and it's not even see through that it's absorb everything that he's telling you and just fucking deflect all the all the shit that you that you take as intimidating or you take as you know he's bitching at you but taking it as a learning experience i mean i i would i would have loved to have a coach like and i did in baseball he was my baseball coach he was like you either fucking play good and like how you should and how you i know you can or you're not gonna play or or he's gonna grab you by the jersey and and pull you tight and say what the fuck are you doing? Why'd you swing at a curveball that was that hit the dirt five feet in front of you? You know, right. but and it's really it comes down. I think kind of almost like a military thing. You know, people quit the military or they get intimidated by shit because they can't take it. And if you if you can't take it, it's like you said, people are gonna drop out and they're not gonna they're not gonna learn from that experience. So it's really just kind of players being able to wrap their heads around how you know how he coaches and. Obviously, it works because of you know of specimens like yourself and uh, and many others, but you know a lot of other many others can't uh, can't really take that kind of coaching. No, exactly. You hit it right on the button. And is it the right way? You know what? Probably not. But mm. for the like I said, for for you and I or anybody else that can handle it, man, it's no big deal. You'd be able to learn a lot under him and excel. And I think, too, you know, why maybe those coaches were like that way, at least to us, is I think because they saw in us how much we wanted to succeed. And, exactly. And they wanted how, to bring it out. Exactly. He, they saw how much we wanted to better ourselves with each practice, with each tournament, with each game. We just wanted to be the best that we could be. And, um, I mean, I, I love coaches like that. And, and like you said, there's not really a wrong or right. It's just – it's your way. Like if you go to coach or I go to coach, it's our way of coaching. It's your way of coaching. It's, you know, right. whatever works really is, is no, what it, it comes down to. Exactly. Right. So 
before you got on to Aftermath, or even while you were on Aftermath, what uh, what players or teams did you really kind of look up to or uh, try and try and kind of take and reflect moves from or or style from? So I think, I mean, the only team was Dynasty, just because eventually Hinman went to Dynasty from Shock, and he was still our coach. But we were practicing them every weekend. And, I, you know, I think that's the difference now. And I had a talk with Stephen Fitz. Is, uh, he's asking me, like, why isn't it common anymore for divisional players to come up? And divisional players don't get discouraged out here <laughs> listening to this. Yeah. You know, why isn't it common anymore that pro teams aren't picking up divisional players? And, and, and it's not like they're not, but it's not as common as it was back right. in the day, 2005, 2006. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing is now is pro teams are mainly only practicing pro teams now. You know, you, you used to have those feeder teams, Aftermath. Uh, I, I'm sure the list goes on. But right. we were the feeder team for Dynasty. Not necessarily like if when we were ready, we were going to be on Dynasty. But they, they were just they thought we were good enough to be able to practice them and give them a decent look for that layout. Yeah. So. I think that is the toughest thing now is that those divisional players nowadays don't get that opportunity to practice good teams or players. And, and you kind of don't get to see where you're at on the radar. If you do get that chance to have that pro tryout. Yeah. But, you know, for me, it, it came quick. It, it did. So after that first, uh, uh, 2005, uh, Pomona open, I played shitty, terrible, but, uh, I knew I, I had to shape up quick or he was going to cut me. And I, I feel like I, I wouldn't have had anywhere to go if I wasn't on Aftermath because no one knew who I was and I wasn't good enough to really play for any other team. That So another thing, too, is where we had an advantage is Hinman paid for everything. Mm-hmm. And that, and now it, you definitely don't see that nowadays is everything's fully paid for in divisional, not even in pro now. I feel like there's, there's pro teams that have to pay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so that was a huge advantage we had. And uh, so I was, and I, you know, what's funny is I'll, I'll bring up the the uh, podcast with you and Oliver is uh, you had mentioned, you know, everything comes to an end mm-hmm. and you, you, you need to have that mentality while you're still doing whatever it is before it does come to an end and let oh, yeah. that be your motivator. So that, that was what it was for me is, all right, if I don't get it together, it, it's end, it's ending for me quicker than I expected. Yeah. So uh, the next event was Orlando, uh, and, and I started to play better. I wasn't, you know, necessarily one of the best on the team yet or, or good at that, at that fact, but I was playing better, smarter, and then uh, Chicago, for some reason, it just took off for me. That was midway through the season. And again, we, we hadn't lost a match the whole season. And uh, uh, I remember after Chicago, Hinman told me, you know, that event and i'm playing d3 x ball mind you he <laughs> says literally you could have been on dynasty this wow. event <laughs> i'm just like wow you know I, you know i don't let things like that get to my head i just let it motivate me and keep pushing harder just because i do want to be one of the best at whatever it is i'm doing i'm i'm so highly competitive and i think people will get that misunderstood about me that i'm an asshole or i talk shit no, that's just my competitive edge. And if you didn't play sports in the past or you don't watch sports, then you'll never understand. Because right. I'd do anything to win a game. And uh, 
So after that, you know, of course, we end up losing our first match against, I think you were still on the team, no tip in effect, in uh, Northeast Open. You guys beat us twice that event, once in the prelims and then in the semi or the finals, we got second. And then uh, World Cup, we came for redemption and beat you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Was it it tip in effect or was it avalanche? No, the name was tip in effect. I'm sure later on it was all those players on avalanche what, on. what year was it 2005 2005 well 2005 was my very first year full year pro um and then oh, you were on excessive i was on 2004 so world cup four I was, on tip and effect yeah 2004 okay. i was okay. on tip and so, effect okay. um all right that makes sense yeah. yeah 2004 world cup is when it was my first uh tournament with uh with excessive and then see i remember playing you guys see when did you leave aftermath so, yeah, it's kind of confusing. So, uh, 2006, I remained on Aftermath, but uh, midway through, I ended up uh, being good friends with Brandon Short, and uh, he was on the Ironman. And uh, he, he was always in my ear trying to get me on Ironman. He said, like, I'm ready, let's do this. So, uh, you know, and then Shane Pistana was in my ear as well. So, uh, you know, they manipulated me and <laughs> I ended up joining on Ironman for one tournament, Chicago 2006. And we ended up getting second place. But then I had I to us, day. I think that's right. That's right. And yeah, we yeah, you were on excessive. We beat you in the prelims. That was a good and game, you though. guys. Yeah, had a huge comeback and ended up beating us. And uh, I was pretty pissed because that would have been cool to win my first pro tournament. I had to win because uh, my that was my parents' first tournament. They came and watched, so I had, we had to win. <laughs> all right, well, yeah, we let you have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so yeah. Anyways, uh, after the event, I sat Dave down right away. And I'm like, man, you know, I feel terrible about this leaving aftermath. You know, at least let me uh, finish the season with them. You know, it sounds crazy, but at least let me finish the season with them, and then I'll, you know, I'll give you my word to rejoin the team going into the next season, 2007. Yeah. Like, you know what? Fair enough. Yep. Go ahead. Do your thing. So I end up going back to aftermath for the rest of the season. And, uh, actually a crazy story is, uh, I'm going to bring this up and put everybody on blast. That was on that team <laughs> was, uh, so the way aftermath did it with all the winnings and we won a lot that year mm-hmm. was, uh, they would save it in a bank and they were going to divvy it out to everybody in the, in the, at the end of the season. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's going to have a good check. And uh, everybody had, on the team, in the off season at least, eventually heard that I was going to go to the Ironman. So they all had a team meeting without me and said, well, if this guy's already going to quit, why is he getting paid? But I felt like, and, and, and in Chicago, they got third place aftermath. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like all those tournaments we won that year, I was in there. You were like, part of. I, I deserved it just as much as anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> somehow I got voted out of a check, and really, of course, if I didn't have my decision made yet, that that definitely solidified it. And uh, I remember literally driving away in tears, like I can't believe, like I called those guys my friends, and they <laughs> didn't yeah. decide to let me have my fair share. But uh, I remember I made the call to Ironman I'm like let's do this and uh aftermath ended up being semi-pro after that so I didn't even get a chance to really put it on them for any of that but uh yeah yeah that's crazy that's crazy because it you You know know, 
I, and I held that well, against them for so long, man. And it, I can understand not, why. One of those guys is rainy. <laughs> those guys <laughs> is rainy. You still got to give them shit. <laughs> no, and I do. But uh, <laughs> just like anything else, you got to let it go. Yeah. And, you know, everything happens for a reason, I believe. And I think most of those guys aren't even playing paintball anymore. So. Right. That's great. That's so – that is so – crazy story it's it's more of a dick story to top it all off was rainy and ronnie end up joining ironman as well from aftermath after they decided that i don't deserve my money because i'm leaving anyways yeah they end up taking their share and then they quit jeez (laughs) it's it's something I don't even like to talk about because it makes right. me rethink the whole situation. But I feel like it, it needed to be heard. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. I mean, that's yeah. that's fucking so nuts. I I had that as my fire going into 2007, and I thought that was a huge year for me because that was my first official year of pro. And uh, again, they had uh, the first. Uh, it was PSP mm-hmm. uh, in LA uh, for their first tournament in 2007. And I thought I had such a ridiculously good tournament. I would go to the X every point. It was just one of those fields you couldn't stop a guy going up the center. Yeah. And I'd I'd find a hole and just run through every odd point, killing people. But uh, I, I that was a really good season, and I learned a lot. But from a, so many guys that year, just you know, that was when rosters were 15 and player, you know, 15 guys on the team. Yeah. And our team had literally legends on the team. Billy Saransky, Todd Adamson, Ryan Williams, Miko, uh, Mike Paxson still playing, um, Mr. Oliver. U, all, Oliver yeah. in his prime. Was Cuba playing for you guys at the time? Yep, Nicky Cuba. I mean, that list right there. And then in Shane Pastana coaching. On top of that, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I just... I was putting things together so quick and elevating my game every tournament practice. Yeah, if if you're not learning on a squad like that, you're doing something wrong. Right, right. So that that I really think paved the way for the rest of my career, and of course, I'm planning on keeping it going for as long as I can. Uh, yeah. So after 2007, I went back to uh, aftermath because uh, I had some uh, fallouts with. Uh, a player or two on the Ironman, I just didn't feel comfortable on the team anymore. And yeah. it's actually kind of tragic because who would have known what could have come of it if I were to stay on the Ironman. And I feel like I, I wasn't the reason players started to leave, but maybe I could have helped keep players on that team. Cause like as, as soon as I quit and went back to aftermath, that's when Sean McDonald quit paintball, started working on the boat. Crunchy, right? And I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They call him crunch. I still talk to him every day, but, uh, you know, I just, guys like that maybe would have stayed in the game and we could have stayed together. But so I go back to aftermath. Uh, we got our butts whooped all year, but, uh, 2008, I think we ended up winning, uh, one event, uh, seven man, a seven man event, in Jacksonville. Actually, we beat the Ironman in the finals. That was huge. Cause, uh, that was when like Fox Sports filmed that tournament, so that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Right, and then uh, 2009, still on aftermath, still struggling to like make it to that next level, and uh, 2010 aftermath again, 
and then Dynasty, uh, 2011 and 12. Uh, you know, what's so weird is 2011 Dynasty, man, we had a hell of a year. I think we won like our first three events with the PSP, the Millennium, and then the MPPL. Mm-hmm. And then we played consistent throughout the year. I don't think we won another event, but we were placing seconds, thirds. And then the next year, 2012, you know, I don't think we changed much as far as the roster, the dynamic, but we had such a terrible season. It, yeah. it just didn't add up. And then guys were having conflict with Hinman coaching, and then Hinman ends up leaving. And it just things just started falling apart left and right. <laughs> I guess I made like a, you know, it was pretty cowardly for me to leave right before World Cup, but like <laughs> I was just over it at that point. Yeah, I, I I felt like it was a cancer staying on the team. Like I felt like none of the guys wanted to change anything that was going on wrong in the camp. Like, right. I wanted to go out on the off weekends and fix whatever it was that wasn't working for us mm-hmm. or just talk to each other during the week just whatever it was i just feel like there was a lack of effort there so i joined damage going into that 2012 world cup we ended up getting second but uh i just had to get out of that uh, out of that uh camp with dynasty and then uh after the i played that one tournament with damage uh, I went to Ironman. I know it all sounds crazy going from <laughs> team to team. But yeah. <laughs> you got to think too is, <clears throat> and I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here, but I feel like I've always had an offer on the table with one of the top teams in paintball. Right. And it, it, we don't have agents to, to represent us or whatnot. So mm-hmm. it, it's tough to deal with this on your own. And you have to sit there and figure out, okay, uh, this uh, team a b and c are offering this this and this Mm -hmm. do you want to play for this team because of the offer or do you want to play for this team because they're local or this team because the roster it's yeah so many factors and it's for me and i'm still growing at this point trying to figure out who i am and what i can offer but uh uh well, it's how it is. I mean, it's right. how it is with paintball. It's it's like exactly. Be, you know, I'd rather literally pay someone to deal with that for me and just let me focus on my game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd love, I'd love to be in that position, but it's just it's not. <laughs> you know, with right. with, you know, I wish I could play more paintball too. I I feel like I could be so much more of a of a a rounded player if I was able to even before my son was born. But if I was if yeah. I had a field yeah. that was close, where I had players, you know, nothing against the divisional players here, but it's it's nothing like what you would have or what like the right. Texas teams have or anything like that. And it's I feel like that's the one big disadvantage that the Midwest players have had is just one the winter, but then uh, two we just haven't really had we don't really have that many teams to play as far as pro teams right. or or higher divisional teams. That's, right. the, that's the tough part. You know what, too, though? That's a that's a good point you bring up. As you get older playing any sport, it's not that the game gets tougher because you're getting older or aging. It's that responsibilities start to come on. Like you said, you have your kid. Yeah. Dalton just had his kid. So it's you, you, you have to start putting your focuses little by little and different responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when your main focus that at the time with paintball starts to fade. and 
you know, hopefully that doesn't happen to you or I anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, but... I'm hoping not. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to it, uh, 2013, uh, I'm on Ironman, and Hinman decides to uh, coach that team. And uh, I'm, again, on this uh, a team that just can't break through to that like that that top four mm-hmm. tier and uh we had flashes of good play throughout the season but I just couldn't put it together and then 2014 i stayed on the ironman but they ended up cutting hinman as a coach uh in the off season and then they brought on shane as the coach again and uh again the same story good team or you know decent team young guys hungry and we just couldn't put it together <laughs> and yeah. uh uh i had uh some conflict uh um with uh young blood with my contract and uh i didn't like how i was being treated and uh how he was trying to just lock me in and hold me in right without me being able to have a respectful decision so uh i i just got out of there and uh played with infamous in 2015 yeah and uh, actually, that was one of my funnest years in paintball. Uh, I definitely enjoyed playing with Damien and Brad and really? Ka- Callie and Trevor and all those guys and having Travis as a coach. And uh, But uh, as far as you know, funding, it's, it was just one of those things where I, I wanted to fully commit to paintball and uh, have it as my career mm-hmm. and just fully focus on that. And so... After 2015, I made the move to Impact. Of course, well-funded team, yeah. and uh, rightfully so. I mean, man, the way the, just the whole process Impact does and takes in the game is just—it's it, how a team should be treated, just as far as the the professional aspect and just the approach Bart Bart has. It's it's unreal. Oh yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It, it's one of those things. Is like God, you know, why wasn't it like this my whole career? Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that most players that have reached that level um, won't won't be able to witness that that luxury. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's tough it's, though. It, it's yeah, but but I can see that. Like what you guys are going through, I can see that from from a third person perspective. Because just the the way everything is structured, the way you the way you guys communicate and play off of each other is you you can tell that there's something there's another uh, key in there. It's a, yeah, it's just that next level. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. huge. And I don't know if you paid attention to social media, but for some reason I feel like there's just a lot of people against what we have going on. I don't know if it's because of the winning or. I you know I think a lot of it is the funding, mm-hmm. and I think guys are sour about how they're on a competitive team as well, but they're not getting paid. But I mean, why bad talk us though? It's especially the players. We're not in a position to negotiate that for you or change any of that. that yeah, that's nothing in our hands. If anything, be happy for us that players in the game have made it to that can level reach that level where yeah. i can pay for my own place and my own food and <laughs> yeah you know enjoy my life and still just play paintball and not have to work a nine to five mm-hmm. yeah but it, 
other players to think otherwise, and I disagree with that. But also, too, as I had a good talk with Hinman, is he he looked at it in a different way as those bottom teams like uh, you know what who do we got now? Uh, Boom, uh, PC Katana, those guys that don't have funding like that, not even close. Uh, he thinks they're just going to eventually get discouraged and uh, jump ship just yeah. because why even try when you have a team like us or Heat that has that funding. But for me, I don't know. I, maybe it's easier for me to say because I'm, I'm on the other side of the fence, but yeah. I would let that be a motivation like, all right, these guys are getting paid for the same thing I do. Fuck that. I'm going to go <laughs> rip these guys up and I'm going to steal that winning check. Yeah, but, you took the words, dude. Honestly, you took the words right out of my mouth. At least right? that's because that's that, what that I was, do. I respect that the, I respect the hell out of you guys. Yeah. One because you are living the dream that when we first turned pro, we wanted to be the best we could be. We wanted to play the best teams. We wanted to do all that shit. Secondly, right. we wanted to get paid for it, which was you know, which was another goal we wanted to do. You guys are living that, so I have mad, mad respect for you guys. But. It wasn't fucking easy because you guys worked your ass off to get to where you were. Like you said, everything happens for a reason. So someone in my position where, I mean, I've been playing, you know, just, just as long as you have and a little yeah. bit longer. But right. But everything happens for a reason. And how you guys or how, how your whole program goes about things is awesome to me. And it, and it motivates me because it makes me feel like there's a chance for uh paintball to get to that level where every team has a budget where every team has um a paycheck to where they can you know make these players play more paintball because they're paying them a nine to five wage and to me it's motivation because i know we don't have the funding like excuse me like a lot of the other teams do right but and that's what i'm i don't even think i have to say it to the new guys on aftershock because they're they're just flat out fucking hungry and that's what we need is regardless that's of how it should be exactly if who has to pay for what or what or the, i mean it, it's a lot easier if you don't have a bunch of chaos going on and you don't have to worry about a bunch of different things but if you can do that and harness that hunger and that drive towards beating these teams and then off the field respecting them and being completely fine with them then that, i mean that's how i feel it needs to be to me anyway that's how it is right I just I, re- I respect you guys for that. I respect no, Bart for that. Exactly. I I totally agree. But uh I just feel like some other play, you know, players think otherwise and I'm not going to name drop or anything. But... Yeah. Fuck, I wish I got paid to play as, as right? much as some other guys, but that's not going to that's not going to steer me from my path. That's going to and it shouldn't. And no, yeah. I, I just bought a heavy bag that I'm starting to hit. I just, you know, <laughs> you I, I'm just getting I think ready Dalton's to. Dalton's got one of those too. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm I'm 31 years old, but it it, it doesn't right. mean that I, I would rather. So and and it kind I think it kind of ties into you too. It's like I've never been, I've never been one to go out and hit the weights. A lot of my talent, at least you know, non paintball, but just like running, jumping, fucking doing all kinds of weird crazy flips or whatever that's all been natural shit right I, yeah. I, I have just been able to do that like speed wise i've just been able to run fast and that really didn't hit until after high school um yeah i've just been able to do that because i was never one to go to the gym and, and be a gym rat and do all this stuff it just wasn't who i was yeah, and it's pretty impressive you do some crazy stuff out there 
and I'm not saying it as like a, like as a, well, I can fucking do this because it's just, you know, right. I don't have to work out. Dude, my body is sore as shit whenever I'm done playing <laughs> games or anything like that. But, uh, yeah. but I do watch, I do watch what I eat. I don't, I don't eat like shit. I'm, I'm starting to actually hone in on tighter things in my diet and, uh, and start cutting out a lot of the, the, the bad carbs and the shitty carbs and everything right. else. But I'm actually starting to bring in, um, a physicality to my off game and, and get to your level or get to, um, better than where I'm at now. Uh, and you know, better late than never. I feel. No, of course it's never too late. And man, your your body is your temple. And mm-hmm. It is it's gonna react to what you put in your body or how you treat it. Why not give it the best and treat it like a you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you want to talk about diet, yeah, yeah, for sure. This morning I had eight egg whites, one cup of oatmeal, a mix of berries. Did you say eight egg whites? Yeah, I mean, and again, for, it would be different for anybody's goal. Yeah. For me, I'm always trying to maintain a, a lot of muscle and just a bigger uh, physique than others. Right. So I'm not telling everyone out there listening to go eat eight egg whites. I'm sure you could be fine eating half of that. But Do you think that limits <laughs> you as far as like how, how big you are? Like, Do you think that limits you as far as, as, far uh, as playing what? at all? Like playing – like. Like playing and maneuvering your body. It makes it easy, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I just got caught up in living like a—I don't want to say like a bodybuilder, but a, more of a uh, just a healthy lifestyle. And it's addictive. Just, it is, and I went from just working out to stay in shape to I got stronger, and I'm gonna push it and see how much more weight I can do, and it just progressed. And mm-hmm. here I am now. Yeah. You know. Well, it doesn't slow you down. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Right, and I and that's what I make sure is that I still feel and look athletic out there. Right, and and the, and the day I don't, I'll be like, hey, let let's change it up here. Right, but I think I still keep up with the best of them. Yeah, for, uh, you're one of the best of them, asshole. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so what what was rec- the turning point? What well, actually before we get into like the diet and everything, what right. was the turning point of where you were kind of like for fitness? Yeah, I need to do something or so, dude. Just like my mentality for paintball, like it didn't matter what life threw in my way, I was gonna go pro and I wanted to be one of the best. Mm. So in uh, um, weightlifting and uh, dieting didn't come till a few years later, but uh, being in the gym. I didn't care what was going to stop or try to stop me. I was going to lift hard, get big. It didn't matter. Right. It, it, you have to have that mentality. Yeah, you're going to go through uh, times that you definitely wasted because you could have took a smarter approach. But that that's all trial and error. And you go through that with anything. So uh, for me, I started lifting weights at 18, 19. Again, I told you I, I grew late. And you witnessed that yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't start lifting till uh, my body I felt like was, you know, I hit my last growth spurt and whatnot. So, yeah, 18, 19, I started lifting. And I feel like back then I, I was trying to go harder in the gym than I do now. The only difference is so around 21, 22, I started reading books and just uh, manuals online about dieting. And mm-hmm. that changed the game for me. Literally what you put in your body or how much or, or the timing of it can change everything. 
And uh, not, not only was I able to pack on size correctly and add muscle, but my energy levels and my, my mental focus, I, it just all came together. Mm-hmm. And when I tell people that I eat clean or I'm on a diet, uh, you know, I think they have their own perspective. But <laughs> and I, I try to show it on Instagram. Yeah, I think I just I really take it to a whole nother level as far as the whole eating clean. And, and there, there's guys in paintball that know what I'm talking about. Phil Shredder and I'm sure a few others, but I don't think someone really knows what it takes when I say eating clean or healthy or uh, high protein or carb diet until they witness it or do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. Throughout the day, I'm 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 eating or snacking every hour or every other hour, and, and it's yeah. not just. It, I think I, that's a that's a big misconception. Is, right. is people think that oh well, you it, only it eat certain time. It is literally a job in itself. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Pitts, he's my roommate now. I he literally couldn't believe it the first week we're living together how much I eat, and he's asking me how much does it cost, and, and I think it it adds up the same way if you're going out and eating. It's exactly, or, exactly, exactly. Or you're actually saving money because you buy it in bulk. But it didn't matter to me for price. It's it just I wanted to eat healthy and I liked how I felt. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we could sit here all day and tell you <laughs> what to eat and why. Yeah. <laughs> the list goes on. And, you know, and I'll, I'll just go over the surface level of it. Uh, so breakfast, I told you, oatmeal and egg whites. Uh, then I'll usually go work out uh, around 10 or 11. And then right afterwards, I'll have my protein shake, banana and apple. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll come home. No less than an hour after that, I'll have my, I guess, lunch. And uh, so another thing is you, you want to switch up your sources of nutrition. So for protein, you don't always want to just eat chicken because your body's going to get used to that and you won't benefit off it the same way you were in the beginning. Right. So I like to switch that up with, uh, you know, chicken, uh, beef, or uh, I like fish, grilled salmon or some mahi. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, a cup of rice. And then uh, again, same same idea for vegetables as you do with the uh, protein. I like to switch that up: spinach, broccoli, asparagus, and then you know a few hours later ha- have a meal with with all those choices. The same type of thing. Mm-hmm. Then uh, dinner, I like to have some red meat, steak, uh, baked potato, uh, a salad, and then before I go to bed, I'm not I'm not even kidding you, <laughs> six six egg whites. Really. Uh, Two slices of uh, what's called Ezekiel bread. It's like a organic wheat bread. Yeah. Uh, nat- natural peanut butter, and then uh, uh, there's a different purpose uh, protein shake called casein protein that uh, feeds your body uh, time released. So yeah. it's like eight hours. So within the time span of you sleeping. Wow. And that that's on a daily basis. And mind you, I'm watching how much water I take in as well. So uh, around a gallon a day. So is it around a gallon each day that you're taking in? Yeah, yeah, of water. Yeah, I've heard that too. That that's key is is staying right. staying hydrated throughout a day of even when you're not working out even as much as you are or exactly. the diet that you have, but just hyd- you'd hydration. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how how better the body operates while the body stays hydrated throughout the day. I'm not talking in a short span, but throughout the day. Right. And, and you know what bugs me so much is. All that's out the door when I'm in paintball. <laughs> when we're on a trip, practice, tournaments, it's all out the door. <laughs> that's your cheat you week. Just, 
I, I, we've been playing how long? 10, 12 years. Jeez. I've tried to figure it out. You just can't. If your hotel doesn't have a kitchen or fridge or microwave, it doesn't matter what you do. You just can't sometimes. It's so hard. Yeah. So that mentality just kind of goes out the door, which is unfortunate because that's when I need it most. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I really need it most. Yeah, it's nice to feel energized and strong while I'm in the gym, but I, you know, forget that. I, I do all this for paintball, and if I could eat the same way and get that sleep and just the way I take care of my body throughout a tournament or practice, mm-hmm. God forbid. But <laughs> you just sometimes you can't. So as far as the gym goes, how how long or what? Uh, not necessarily your routine, but like, right. Cause I'm sure you have back legs well, all, you know, throughout exactly. the week, yeah. but like how long yeah. of a time span do you usually, um, so, spend at the gym each day? Yeah. To be honest, I don't like to stay in there longer than an hour, hour and a half tops. You know, I, I don't agree with that whole two hours, two and a half hours. That, that makes That's no sense. Yeah. You, you, that means you're taking too many rests or you're over training. For me, I like to keep it kind of high intensity, uh, minimize the rest periods, and just hit it hard while I'm in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, I do the whole split workout with the you know Monday's chest, Tuesday back, whatever. Right. Now, obviously, you probably heard this over and over again. I've heard it over and yeah. over again. Where paintball is, you know, 90% mental, 10% physical. So. <laughs> so you being so physical and so uh so athletic right. when do you think when do you think your mental game kind of started kicking in and kind of how do you look at the game and how do you look at so moves and timing yeah that's the funny thing you actually bring up so it, it, i think it came opposite for me as uh, compared to a lot of players at least is yeah physical came first for me and i was able to make those big open moves and just those quick bumps and then honestly, the whole mental thing is I'm, I'm still learning that. I am. When I didn't think there was anything else for me to learn in this game, join Impact. I'm not kidding you. You still learn. Yeah. Just little things. If I were to coach a team now, the biggest thing I would praise is communication. I, I, I look back at the tapes this past year of our games. I can't tell you how many times, especially a team like you guys, and I'm not trying to uh, talk down or anything, but no, you no. guys would be in, the, be in all the 50s before us. The reason we dug you guys out is why, the talking. Mm-hmm. We knew where you were looking, just who was on who. Just the, just the small chit-chat will, will open up a game. Yeah. And eventually you'll talk, talk it out where there's a hole, and then that move's created. I think in the, in the beginning for my careers, I was always go, go, go. And yeah, that'll work. A lot, you know, sometimes if not a lot of times, if you, if you do it correctly, but that's not going to win you a tournament. It, the whole communication, if you're talking across the board, that move's going to be there. It doesn't matter in the beginning or end of that point. Mm-hmm. It's going to be there. You'll you'll figure it out, and then you're not so rushed. Yeah. And, and I'm still learning that pace on this team. I really am. Uh, I feel like last year I didn't really reach my potentials where I could be uh, on this team as, mm-hmm. as far as the talent we have. And in it, and that's another thing is it, it's tough. You you have 10 guys on this team that were picked up for a specific reason. This whole roster was handpicked. Yeah. And it is so highly competitive, man. It, if you get shot off the break once or you get dinked out of your bunker twice – that's it for you, and, and you can't take offense to that, and I did just because I had an immature mind, but you have to look at it at a professional standpoint was 
you have other guys on this roster. You can't blame them for sitting you if you're not doing it, mm-hmm. you know? If you're not doing the and job, then someone else is right there behind you ready to step in. Exactly, exactly. And uh, that, that was a tough pill for me to swallow. And I think I've I, that's helped me, though, as a person and, and as a teammate in, in paintball, uh, being on impact and, and understanding that is it's not all about me or <laughs> – yeah, you know there are nine other guys on this roster, and they can do that same thing you can if you're not getting the job done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. And I I think a lot of people tend to look past that, and then right. it's like we said earlier, it's they look past that and they look at, um, they look and see well they're well they're getting paid, and you know they're just this big uh money boat that just goes by and they just do whatever they want well i mean there's a reason you guys are successful one and and two dude if it's just like any other sport man take take the fucking dallas uh cowboys for example um i I don't really follow football that much but look at tony romo gets hurt dude comes in plays well dunzo right i mean it's it's that's it and that's all it takes and it's just like even like i watch a lot of uh hockey a lot of nhl and it's just like any other sport, especially on a team like Impact, is that right. if you are not doing the job that you're here to do, you better damn well know that the guy next to you or the guy behind you or in line behind you is ready and willing to do it more than you are doing now. You know, what I, right. I mean, that's kind of how I see it is, is the guy who's waiting to perform is wants it more than you right. and you know it and it's just the way it is it's just how when i was playing and i wasn't when i wasn't starting uh in sports right i i was next to the coach standing there and just always fucking ready always you know showing him that i was that I, anytime that he needed me i was ready and when i got my chance you know i never looked back and right. it's the same way on your guys's uh team and i think people need to know that that it's a cutthroat thing. I mean, it's family. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is this paintball is paintball teams are a whole different family. But if you're not fucking working out, man, it's 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 not gonna work out. Right. No, exactly. I totally agree. And, and it starts from the practices. And I've definitely noticed that is Dave and Bart. They get their you know get-togethers and they start to talk it over. Mm-hmm. You know, who should be starting in these spots, or who do you think will get the majority of the PT going into the tournament at least? Obviously, that can all change once that tournament starts. Right. But you want to go into it confident and uh, just going on a roll. Mm-hmm. So there's just no time wasted on this team as soon as yeah. you gear up. And, but I like that. I really do. Yeah. And that's I, that's how it was for me on uh, um, after X Factor was you know everything came down to practice which it should i mean don't don't get me wrong um you know i'm not saying that i don't practice i don't want to practice fuck i want to practice all the time you know i want to play all the time but for some reason practices i just every single ball finds me some way somehow it's tough and and timing is tough and but when the tournaments come around just something clicks and and i'm able to make those moves and i'm able to make those shots like that I was missing in practice, I'm making those one, two balls and then going. And, and I think that's what a big key when I was on X factor and why it didn't work out was because practices, I struggled. And, and if, if that's what they're seeing and they're flying me out to these practices and I'm playing like dog shit, then (laughs) they're not going to play me. And then I'm not going to be able to get that chance in the tournament. Yeah, no, that's a tough one. Yeah. But you know, in all fairness for the coach, that has to be their indicator. 
Exactly. You know, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, but luckily, luckily with aftershock, you know, they know that I ex- I experiment at practice and right. No, you know, as you should. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just gonna say it, it ended up working out for the most part um, at the, at the tournaments. Right. I was gonna say is uh, I think for most of my career, I think the biggest mistake I always made was so focused on trying to win at practice which mean nothing mm-hmm. nothing get through the practice without any injuries is my biggest concern <laughs> yeah exactly and then obviously learn the layout those are the two things i don't care if we lose every fucking point mm-hmm. get through it and learn that those are my two biggest things now yeah and i was so focused just because i was highly competitive and i still am i'm just maturing and understanding the bigger picture Mm-hmm. The thing is, is you're not going to win anything at practice. I, I can't tell you yeah. how many times I killed it out of practice. I'm not like I would just shit on a team and then come to a tournament and not nearly play that level. And it, it would hurt the team because they're expecting this level of play out of me. Mm-hmm. So for a guy like you where you say you would struggle, that sometimes that almost helps because when you step up at a tournament, that you're taking so much stress off the team when they didn't expect anything and then now you're showing up when it fucking matters. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I would like that instead. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't want to be reversed. <laughs> that's for sure. Right. <laughs> but, but um, I've always struggled with uh, consistency and well, and I think we play similar positions. I think we have the hardest spot as far as being consistent. Right. And, and I'm not trying to take away from the twos and threes. Those, you know, just as important, if not more important roles, but for us to run a spot or get into a certain spot where the team knows that we're going to, and they, they, <laughs> which they is most of the time, yeah, most time, if not every time nowadays, come mm-hmm. on, they know us, the, every pro team knows us, exactly they know how we play, and they, and they study your tendencies throughout the event. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be tough to play consistent, but I've always been a guy to say no excuses. And another thing is the refing too is people like to blame it on calls and favoritism. Play above it. Mm-hmm. Just play above it. You have you know? to. You have to. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like you're saying like we play similar uh, positions, and I and I think what makes it tough in our positions is that we're always we're we're in a constant fight because we're we're normally the closest to the other team, and. Right we are still having to communicate but be aggressive and shoot guys at the same time. So I, I think it's a, it's such a weird position to play that people take for granted. You know, we're not just these you fast you know, fast athletes off the break we get here, but we have to we have to get to our spot one and two. We gotta we gotta do damage after that. Right. Right. And it's it's yeah. so tough. And I think we, in that aspect, it is an important role because based on how we play, I feel like it, how it goes for the rest of your team. Mm-hmm. You, you, obviously, you make it so much easier if you get to the spot you're supposed to and shoot two, three, four guys. Yeah. I mean, that's it right there. Mm-hmm. The rest of your team should be able to finish the game. But if you're, if you're getting shot early, of course, now that next guy has to step it up and it's just a lot more pressure. Yeah. So uh, we do dictate how the game's played. Yeah, I think we do set the pace. That, that's yeah. for sure. On and off the field, I feel like when we come off confident, um, that's true. Yeah, I, I think it affects the team um, 
immensely and and kind of um kind of talking about uh mentality and then how we how we play our game are you of more are you more of like a uh, control do you like feeling like obviously everybody likes feeling in control but i mean even when you got two three guns on you do you always feel like you're in control of the situation you know no no and but you, you kind of have to lie to yourself or uh site you know tell yourself that you will figure that situation out you have to basically kid yourself to play with confidence because if you if you if you start to doubt it you're going to make a stupid move or just second guess things Mm -hmm. where that move should have been made and that's where i i still nowadays run into that trouble is my timing's off sometimes because you you do lack that confidence if you're getting shot earlier or they do have that extra gun on you but and that is where that mental game is played is how do, how do you react from that yeah. and playing the game as long as you and I have it it, it shouldn't be a problem anymore but I feel <laughs> like that dude this game is a constant this. problem it is <laughs> problem solving right and i i think a lot of it is no tournaments ever the same the layouts just yeah there's just so many factors that you, you can never predict how how a tournament's going to go or how your play is going to be. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as mentally, you have to go in there positive, you know, regardless of how, how you've been playing in the past or, or that previous point. You just, again, have to kid yourself and just move on. Yeah. And uh, just, like, just simply keep it positive. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think the players in our position too. Um, I think we're we're trying to solve a constant puzzle. Like it's hard to explain because when you're playing paintball and you're playing a position like we are, where normally more than one guy is shooting at us, because I think that's a tough position too. Is is the twos and threes important as shit? Don't get me wrong, but normally right. they're shooting at one one or two guys. They normally have control back there. We're usually having to gain control after the fact. Yeah, and no, right. <clears throat> we have so many things going through our mind of. Can I move now? Wait, I gotta talk. I gotta talk to this guy. How many G's? Um, where are they at? Two or three uh, in your head. You're almost listening to the. I'm telling you, this is kind of like what's going through my head. Like right. you're almost listening to the pace, even though the guns are are ramping. You're almost listening to the pace of the way the guy is shooting at you. No, of course, every back player has a beat on their lane. Yeah, sure. you know what I'm talking about. That, 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 or the the constant stream. It's mm-hmm. one of those, and you can time it to come out. Of yeah, and I think I think the biggest weapon that we have that I think I'm seeing for some reason slowly slip away. I, the older players still have it, but it's the head check, dude. I don't yeah. know how many times I've been able to <laughs> I've been able to head check a guy, have him turn his gun for a second, and I go out the other side and make right. a spot. I think it's I, I don't see enough young players doing that. Yeah, I think that just comes with experience though, and and yeah. being comfortable with the game and understanding that you can get away with a move like that. And mm-hmm. thank you for reminding me. I should use that more often. Because I'm, you know, I feel like I, I'm able to just as much as anyone else to be able to pull a move off like that. But oh hell yeah! Again, but sometimes that move just isn't there, and mm-hmm. then and that's where I fall back on where I say communicate. If you can't move, might as well get something going with the rest of your team. Exactly you know? the pacement, and that's where we come come back to the to the pace exactly. of the game. Exactly. 
And I always say two things. Be involved. If you're sitting in your bunker and you can't make that move, then start a conversation with somebody on your team, your, your two or across field. And, and don't die with information is what we always say on impact. Mm-hmm. Meaning is if you make a move, say, into the snake and, and you see the W, call that out before you go crawling down and, and shoot him in the back or, or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. But don't die with information. Because right. now you you died with something that you knew what was Value. not, but maybe exactly. Yeah. And I just think it's something so basic that gets dropped even in in on the pro level. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I think I think people tend to overdo it with. Believe, don't get me wrong. Individual skill is huge. I mean, you you right. want your shot on. You wanna you wanna be able to uh, snap shoot or and run and shoot like you like yourself or or. You know, but if you cannot, if you're not a team player and you can't, you can't be on the field a part of that five, and and play like you're one, then you can be the best fucking snapshot in the world. But if you if you can't play as a team and you can't play, you can't do that. You're not. It's not gonna happen. No, exactly. I totally agree. Fundamentals are important, but it, like you're saying, you have to put it together as a package, and it just has to work. Basically, like instruments, it's got to be fluid mm-hmm. and. Exactly. If you you can have the best snapshot, but if if you don't put it together with the team, it is you, yeah. you can win points, but you won't win a game like that. Exactly. Exactly. Far far from a fucking tournament, that's for sure. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and and I think that's why Impact and and yourself have been so so successful, is because everyone has their their attributes and their their keys on this team. And it, every, everyone fits in those locks and and those in those those key positions, and you guys perform the hell out of them. And but you right. guys play as a fucking team, and you play all all exactly. the time together as a team. And I and I ex- explain people this on on other podcasts and conversations, and they ask me, well, why do you think it impacts so successful? This and that. And I was like, one, I mean, it it just is what it is. It's um there is money involved and that gives you the opportunity to play more as a team to feel comfortable as a team and to adjust as a team so money is at the top level but you can buy all the players in the world that you want but if they're not believing in the system and they're not they're not trying to better themselves and be a part and just be one of 10 or one of 8 or whatever you're running with instead of one of one then it's it's not going to work yeah then it's a wash yeah exactly yeah, so I mean, there's there's plenty that goes into it, but it's it's your guys's oneness, if if you will, um, on the field right. that that kills it, and it just it it works. And you know, you guys had a great tournament against uh, Dynasty, but in that tournament or in that game anyway, they played and had had the moves that they did and and came out on top. That's if anything, that shouldn't discourage anybody. You know, it wouldn't me, and uh, you know, and we've been playing this game long enough to know that that's fucking tackling fuel for the next tournament. So, um, you know, and and I think another part of being pro and, and playing as long as we have is taking those tournaments and using that for you know fuel and that push for the practices in between the next event and performing better at the next event. Right. Uh, you had brought something up. Uh earlier in this conversation with, with the, the whole money thing and impact is uh, something I wanted to make clear for anybody listening is uh, 
for as far as the practice aspect, we do not practice any more or less than any other team. I'll tell you our schedule going into Dallas is, is it's probably less paintball than the other pro teams. So we get together as a, as a team for a team practice on the second weekend of the layout, not the first. Some of us go out, the local guys from California will go to Dave's field the first weekend just to get a look at the field mm-hmm. and play DMG. But the second weekend is actually our first real team practice. And so going into Dallas, we're going to fly to Florida and practice damage. And then straight from there, we're going to fly to Dallas, rest there for a few days, and then practice heat uh, right before the event. It, it, literally three days. Yeah on the layout for us as a team. So for anyone to say we had the luxury to practice as much as, yeah, we probably do, but we, we don't, mm-hmm. we just don't, you know? And I just, that's one less excuse for someone yeah. that's hating on us. Yeah. So. And if I didn't, I didn't want to seem like I was doing that. If no, if, and I know you weren't, if, I'm just if anything, it for, yeah, it's it's able to play against other pro teams, I guess, is more the direction I will. Okay. You know, so you get to right. you get the opportunity to play against those top tier other pro teams, whether they be right. in fucking Alaska or Texas or California, That's or whatever. True. Yeah. Um. But so fucking what? I mean, you know, there's there's going to be always going to be somebody better. There's always going to be somebody yeah. worse. There's always going to be. 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 So. You know, you, you know have what? to after, live this moment. After doing this podcast with you, I, I hope uh, I can talk to Bart and get a practice set up with you guys. <laughs> Dude, first, I'm, so, I'm totally down, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always down. Just to, you know, help each other out. So. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as we're getting towards the end of the conversation, too, you know, I, wanna, yeah. I wanted to tell you, tell you this, that you've been one of my biggest pushes. Like, you've really? been, yeah, like, honestly, man, you, you are one of the top players on my list uh no matter what position to play whether d side snake side of someone who i watch and i try to not not necessarily be like but keep up with um and i respect the hell out of you i I think you're you're a damn damn good fucking paintball player and uh i i wish you the best of luck and i and i think that you're such a big inspiration for not only paintball players, but for on the field, but off the field and your professionalism, I think is, you know, I don't know you that well, but the times that we get to sit and talk, this is the longest we've ever talked, but, um, the, the time that I have talked to you, your professionalism has, you know, gone through the roof. And I just, I just wanted to tell you that there's no, even though we've ran against each other, and we've there's the fastest man in paintball. There's this. There's that. You're fast as fuck. Um, and I, you know, I I I I like competition, but I don't like confrontation. So I right. never wanted there to feel like there was any kind of anything between that. And I, I don't think there was. But dude, as someone someone like yourself, there was always intimidation, even for me. But I wasn't gonna let it show. Yeah. But no. But yeah, I mean, hey, I, I just respect the hell out of you. I just wanted to wanted to tell you that. I appreciate that a lot, man. And it's it's always uh, you know a blessing to hear that because, like you said, this is the longest conversation we've had. So you <laughs> never really know what's on someone's mind, even though you always see them day in day out throughout the tournaments. And mm-hmm. it, no, it's definitely refreshing to hear that because uh, 
and I don't want to say it just sound like it's out of spite, but I definitely have always looked up to your game just because we play similar roles. And I feel like you, you've always taken that, that artsy, more creative approach, uh, running a bunker or getting to a spot. And I like that. And, uh, yeah. And even if we ever had some turmoil between us, I, I never take anything uh, personal, put it this way. We uh, practiced X Factor, I think, almost every before every tournament uh, from last year, going and even going into uh, Vegas. Mm-hmm. And and the one guy, if he listens to laugh, that always speaks up on their team or talks a little shit is Michael. <laughs> and yeah. uh, of course, it's you know F U F F that. And, and him and I will go at it, mm-hmm. and some it could even be pushing back and forth sometimes. But what I respect about him, and I'm I'm the same way in that aspect, is once we're off the field, we're cool. Yeah, it, it's all left on the field, and, and that's how it should be, and that's that's how an athlete should take it in that approach. But mm-hmm. you know, so if, if if you take it personal, it's gonna it's gonna mess with you mentally, and it might uh, distract your game, but. Yeah, yeah, because no, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a few players out there that I that are dicks on the field and definitely dicks <laughs> right. off the field. You just gotta let them play their part. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, and I again, I appreciate the uh, kind words and uh, letting you, letting me be on this podcast, and I, I've definitely uh, enjoyed talking to you uh, about paintball and just anything really. Hell yeah. Well, I, I'm you know I think that's a that's a good place to to stop the conversation and you know i don't want it to stop here i want to i'd love to have more um podcasts throughout the year with you i'd love to chat with you more um throughout the season and i wish you the best of health the uh the best of luck except for when you play us and (laughs) (laughs) respectfully (laughs) respectfully but um but yeah man i i love to see you out there killing it and um you know i I enjoy playing against you awesome yeah thank yeah all right man well i will uh i will see you shit what is it like three weeks now yeah so uh, yeah so i will safe travels until then and uh of course and good luck man i'll talk to you soon right thank you carl all right man man. we'll see you have a good one thank you so much alex for joining me on this podcast i had a great time uh, that was that was an awesome conversation. I'm so glad that uh, that he was able to make some time and uh, and sit down and chat with me. And I can't wait to play him throughout the year. The, the guy is one of the best, and uh, and I really enjoy going head to head with him. So thank you, Alex, so much. And we will see you soon. Thank you to Planet Eclipse for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, they are the makers of the sweetest paintball markers on the planet. Mm-hmm. The LVR, the CS1, all those goodies you can find over at planeteclipse.com. Thank you, Planet. Uh, also, a big thank you goes to Midwest Clothing. They are the makers of some sweet Midwest gear, uh, but they can make it for anybody. That's the sweetness about MidwestClothingLLC.com. Uh, they can hook you up. Thank you, Midwest Clothing. Thank you to Ventrition for making some awesome paintball supplements. They are uh, in Cleveland, which is very convenient because anytime he wants me to test something out, it's like a one-day ship, so it's pretty cool. So thank you to uh, Vantrition.com for helping me out. Also, thank you to Carbon over at CarbonPaintball.com. They have the sweet base layer, but they also have jerseys, gloves, uh, a very, very popular and cool pack, so make sure you go check them out at CarbonPaintball.com. 
And a big thank you goes to Todd and the whole Raza Life uh, family over there for sponsoring this podcast. They have all kinds of custom gear for uh, for you and for your team at RazaLife.com. Thank you, guys. Uh, please do not forget to subscribe over on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I am on YouTube as Carl Markowski. My Facebook page is... Uh, is uh, Actually, you can find both the Playing On podcast and myself at uh, on my Facebook pages, Carl Markowski, Carl Microwave Markowski, and uh, the Playing On podcast, as well as uh, Instagram. You can find us over there. Instagram is C Markizzle and the Playing On podcast for all the cool updatedness of the guests and uh, and life and all that good stuff. So. Thank you guys so much for joining me, uh, and I really had a good time. I enjoy doing these things, and I cannot wait to to do more. And uh, I have guests lined up, so it's going to be a great year. And you guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it, and we will see you next time on the Playing On Podcast. See you guys.